there's no way you can reach all of those people or unless you had lots of advertising money and and most of us authors don't we're trying to bootstrap this so we've got to be smart we've got to be strategic and the more you can dial in on who your reader is the demographics the psychographics of that will not only benefit a ppc campaign but will benefit any campaign you do Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. For many of us, advertising and marketing is an exercise in bootstrapping. For bootstrappers, free is better than paid, and cheap is better than expensive, especially while we're learning the ropes. Today's guest, Miles Anthony Smith, is a nonfiction author who writes about leadership. As a bootstrapper in his author business, Miles likes to experiment and to share his results. Since he has extensive experience running pay-per-click advertising campaigns for his day job, he decided to run an experiment to see if he could generate positive results with his author business. He used free and low-cost coupons, you know, the ones that, I don't know, maybe you get them via email if you're in business for something else. I get, I get them constantly from Google and Bing. He used those coupons to run a totally free pay-per-click advertising campaign for the audio version of his book, Why Leadership Sucks. Before we get to the interview, one last thing. I sent out an email on Friday to the AuthorBiz email list with a link to a three-minute survey that I would love for you to fill out. It's 10 short questions that will help me better understand how the show can help you over the next few months. As of right now, I've got the next three shows planned out, but everything beyond that will be guided by the responses to this survey. So if you're not on the email list, um, first get on the email list. Go to theauthorbiz.com and sign up for the email list. That would be awesome. But if you're not on the email list or if you're on the list and you haven't had a chance to do the survey yet, please fill it out. You'll find it at theauthorbiz.com slash 2016 survey, 2016 survey. As always, you'll find show notes for this episode at the AuthorBiz website with links to everything we've mentioned, including the link to the three-minute survey. If you have any comments or questions about this episode, please leave them at the AuthorBiz website, or you can ping me on Twitter. I'm at SteveCampbellFL. All right, let's get to it. Miles Anthony Smith, welcome to the AuthorBiz. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you having me on your show. Before we get started, why don't you give listeners a little sense of what you do? Because you're not just an author. You've got a lot of other interests as well. I do. And I would say I call myself a serial specialist. Um, And we can talk a little bit about that in a minute if you'd like. But very briefly, I am a writer. I've written a couple of books, one on leadership called Why Leadership Sucks, another one called Becoming Generation Flux, Career Advice uh, for the new millennium. <clears throat> and I also, my day job is working for an organization called Rawhide Boys Ranch, which helps troubled youth. And I'm on the fundraising side. I've got a wife and three kids. Uh, kids are 13, 11, and eight, and they're growing fast. So I have my hands full with lots of different things. Wow. You know, I, y- you mentioned the age of your kids and I I just flashed back on what it was like. We have uh, twin boys and I'm flashing back to what it was like when they were 13. So uh, I don't envy you. They're 28 now. So uh, we're well beyond those days, but I still remember them. 
Yeah, I'm I'm been heading into that. My my oldest certainly started exhibiting some of those teenage signs at twelve. So he just turned fifteen. <laughs> so I know it's going to be challenging. And it'll it'll years. it'll be fun as well. And uh, when you get through it, it's incredibly rewarding. I, I will say that as well. So we're going to talk about uh, audiobooks today and audiobook marketing. Uh, you have, you, as you mentioned, you've written a couple of audiobooks, and you also recorded. You've written a couple of books. You've also recorded the audiobooks yourself. So you're sort of a DIY guy, and so we're going to talk about some DIY strategies and some inexpensive strategies for building an audience for your audiobook. So uh, let's get started with that. I kn- I know from reading a blog post on your website that you marketed your audiobooks using essentially free pay-per-click advertising on search engine sites. I did. And, you know, you can go to my website, check out that blog, and go into uh, the detail of exactly how I did it. I used Bing ads, which Bing also goes to Yahoo. Uh, You can use Google AdWords. um, And then I also use LinkedIn. LinkedIn has an advertising platform, too, that I was able to get some codes for free advertising dollars. Now, some of those advertising dollars are completely free, meaning you can get a code and use it and try it out. Other ones, you got to pay a little bit of money to get that free money. But overall, I spent very little money and got a significant result and a significant return on those dollars. Now, as as a business person myself, I get things in the mail and physical mail and email constantly from Google offering free ads. So I'm assuming that that's what you're talking about. I don't know whether authors would be getting those as, as a matter of course. I know, I've know i never gotten any for my author-related work saying, hey, here's, here's $50 in free Google AdWords to promote your books. Um, is there a way for, for listeners, if they're not getting these in the mail already, to request them or to put themselves in line to get them? Yeah, you can search online. I don't think you can go directly to Google and request them, but there are places online that list those codes, and you could just go into a Google search and type in that and look for a code. They're fairly common. Okay. Um, I would imagine if you contacted Google and said, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this. I, you know, I, I write books. I have a business," uh, because they're they're going after people who are, you know, are in business. And I will say that those those free codes that you get. Uh, do require a little bit of money on your part. It, I think it's worth it in, in uh, my humble opinion. Uh, but um, you know, you'll 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 use that code and and certainly get a significant amount of value out of that if you know if you're thoughtful in what keywords you target and really try to target people who are entering keywords that are really have direct specific interest in your book, not just broad appeal, because that can that can be a waste of money, whether it's your money or those free uh, free dollars. All right, let's talk for a minute. A, a lot of our listeners are going to be very familiar with Facebook advertising and not very familiar at all with advertising on search engines. So could you just sort of give a high-level overview of the difference between those two? Yeah, and I would say that overall Facebook is getting a lot more specific in their targeting. So you're able to, and really Facebook, uh, I guess it depends on who you talk to, but I would say I would consider it a top to middle of the sales funnel tactic, uh, whereas uh, Google AdWords, PPC, pay-per-click, or even Bing and Yahoo PPC, that's more of a bottom of the funnel uh, 
bottom, bottom of the sales funnel. Okay, ex- explain that a little. Yes, so sales funnel, you start at the top. If you think about just a funnel, uh, we've all used a funnel, maybe put oil in a car or, or in some, some liquid in a jug. And at the top of that funnel, it's wide, and at the bottom, it's narrow. So if you talk about a sales funnel, and this is true for uh, where, whether you're in business or you're a nonprofit raising funds, um, at the top of the funnel, your marketing is focused on engagement. So you might be reaching out on social or even email. You might have blog content that is very broad and is trying to draw people into what uh, to get interested in what you do. And then as you, you, you know, you do other types of marketing to try to move them down that funnel to mm-hmm. the bottom of the funnel, which the bottom of the funnel is converting them into a customer. And then you want to retain them over a long term. So uh, when I talk about top, middle and bottom of the funnel strategies or tactics, uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about. So Okay. So face, Facebook, you, you're, you believe is top to middle of the funnel and search engine uh, pay-per-click ads are a little lower in the funnel near the bottom. They are. They're right at the bottom. Closer to the buying cycle, essentially. Absolutely, because these are people who are having interest, they're showing interest. So for us at Rawhide, we take car donations as well as cash donations. And so we do PPC ads for car donations. So somebody who types in, donate my car, that person is is demonstrating specific <laughs> mm-hmm. interest in donating a car. and We want to be there to try to, uh, you know, convince them of why they should donate to Rawhide. And in your case, you, you're, you are a nonfiction author. So it, I think it's probably easier for you to use uh, pay-per-click ads, and it, it's easier to find those keywords. So let's, let's dig into keywords a little bit. You mentioned the term keywords before. So what is a keyword, and what does it mean to us when we're setting up an ad? Yeah, I would say the first place to start, especially for Google, Google has a keyword planner that you can use uh, to get some ideas. You can pop in a keyword that you have in your mind that you think people would be interested in, and then Google will tell you how much competition there is for that, low, medium, or high, and then how much search volume there is. So you want kind of a somewhere in the middle, you know, if you have really high competition for a particular keyword, um, it's going to be hard to bid. Uh, it's going to be more costly to bid for that keyword. Um, and then if there's not enough search volume, your ad won't show it very often. So you want to consider those two general concepts and, uh, and some, so some of this is objective using that keyword tool. Some of it's subjective, really trying to get into the mind and think about the mind of your readers. Um, you know, people that, you know, have read your book and why they came to you. So for me, both of my books are based on frustrations with leadership and frustration in career. So those are some keyword or keyword phrases that I'm going to target or something similar to that. That um, and, and the copy that I use in the ad is going to is going to work off that as well. Trying to engage somebody where they're at, not where I'm at as an author, but what is really their pain point and how do I need to speak to them to communicate why they should consider my audiobook. Okay, and so we are specifically talking about uh, targeted ads. At, in, in, in your case, you did them in LinkedIn and uh, Bing, which also went to Yahoo. There was a specific reason why you didn't use Google, and it had nothing to do with 
not liking Google or it wouldn't have been effective, you just didn't have a free offer from Google at that time or you'd already used one, so it wasn't available for this test you were doing. Yeah, that's correct. I had already used the offer in a previous campaign with Google, and that is something to note. These these free codes where you get some advertising dollars, they're only available one time um, as for a new customer. Once you've used them, you can't put in another code later on. Okay, so let, walk us through the process. Let's Let's say, and... You know, it, listeners imagine that he's saying Google when he's talking about Bing or LinkedIn because that's probably the best place to do this. Um, but because of the the experiment you were doing, you weren't able to do it. So, you know, just imagine those little ads that you see on Google all the time when you're searching. That's that's the result that um, that Miles will will be talking about. So, what was the process that you went through to? to build your ad, to decide on the text, and to test the ad. And then, you know, then we'll get into some of the results. Sure. So, you know, very simply, like uh, uh, as I mentioned before, I went through that keyword planning tool. That will really help you. Um, you know, you really need to start with some brainstorming of keywords that you want to consider. Do that research. That research will also help you uncover other keywords that you've not thought about, which is crucial as well. Um, again, that you think are going to target the people and going to resonate with people uh, that will that will love and share your book because that's really what you're trying to get at is find people who you can add to your tribe that will not only buy your stuff and become a customer but become a lifetime customer and a and fully engaged tribe member that shares what what they have learned from you and their experience in becoming a customer of yours. Uh, over time. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and you're right, this, you know, Bing and Yahoo and LinkedIn, I would say Bing and Yahoo more um, are very, very similar to Google. There are some small minor differences, but very similar in terms of how you go after, uh, you know, searching for keywords, doing some of that research, uh, but then putting together the ad copy. It's very similar. Um, and so what I did, um, you know, for the ad copy, I used some some other campaigns that I had done uh, in another uh, for ebooks for my ebook version, not for audiobooks. And mm -hmm. then I, I can't remember exactly how many I had. I think I had I don't know eight or ten different ad versions. Uh, and I recommend. I mean, it might sound like a lot, but um, even if you're running, you know, this initial test with these free dollars, like you want to get some variety in there, and then you want to see which ones perform over time and then pause the underperforming ones, the ones that have a really low click-through rate um, or have a high uh, bounce rate once they, once they actually get to your sales page. And in your case, the sales page was your Audible page. That's correct. So I sent them directly there. Um, and a little bonus tip here or hack, uh, you can send them directly to your Audible page, which is fine, um, or... What I did was you can I sent them to my Audible page, but there's a specific URL, and if you go to the blog post, you can see the um, the URL, and then where you drop in your ASIN number, which is the number that Audible has for your book, you can drop it in that URL and get the same page. And what that does is that shows your page, and if they if they go there and they they sign up for a membership, they get your audiobook free right out of the gate. So what I did in the ads was, um, and you have to be careful about using the word free because free is overused. 
but um, I prefer to use the word complementary, uh, or you can use zero, the number zero with a dollar sign, um, or mm-hmm. 100% discount, or something of that nature, other than free, um, in the ad copy to entice people to come in and check it out, because there's really no obligation. And what Audible does is they want people to try out the membership for 30 days, get a free audiobook as a result. And then, you know, they're, they're trying to turn those people into subscribers over the long term as well. And then you, as an author, earned a, a bounty uh, by, by doing that, right? That's right. It's uh, $50. Audible's changed their bounty system. Over, um, I think it was about a year ago. It used to be more, even more profitable, but uh, it's $50 now. So if I, if I get somebody to sign up for a membership um, at Audible and I'm the first audiobook they select, then I get a $50 bonus, which is far and above any royalty I get off of the sale of one audiobook. Okay. All right. So you've built the ads and you, you built several ads and you're running this and there's a portal that you can go into and see the results of, of your ads. So what are you looking for when you go in and you look at the results? I'm looking for a couple of things. First of all, start with your keywords and you want to see which ones of those are performing the best. Generally looking at click-through rates, uh, it's a simple way to judge that. There are other measures, but that's the simplest way. Um, and the higher the click-through rate generally means that that is a more engaging ad, meaning people click through that ad at a much higher percentage than your other ads. So, um, and that's both for keywords um, as well as the ad copy itself. So you want to look through and see which keywords are performing the best and, and identify the ones that are the worst. And I would say... You know, within a few days, um, pause the keywords that are at the bottom end of that spectrum. That will also push more of those dollars into those higher performing ones. So I pick, you know, at least a couple and depends on how many keywords overall you have. But let's say I'd say pick the bottom 10 or 20 percent. So it's relative to the amount of keywords that you have. And after a couple of days and cut those off and do the same with your ad copy as well. Pick the lowest 10, 20% of your ads and that are performing the lowest click-through rate and just cut those off or pause them. Uh, and then, then you continue to gain more understanding in a couple more days. You can go back and look at the ads again, see how those are performing, and you can choose if you want to cut off a few more. Um, and, and then you can keep doing that um, or you can get to a certain point where you're, you know, you're okay with the performance and you want to let it run out. Um, the other thing you can do to optimize is maybe you see, or maybe you've thought of some other keywords that you hadn't thought of before. Go ahead and add those in there as well. Uh, keep in mind that as you add more keywords, you want to be trimming off some of the deadwood keywords so that you don't, um, you know, cause you only have a limited amount of funds. So you don't, mm-hmm. um, uh, spread your dollars too thin. Now it's been a while since I've I've run a, a Google pay-per-click campaign. What what's the text limit now for for these campaigns for the ads? Oh, off the top of my head, I don't recall. I'm sure you can Google it. I know um, it. I know it's, it's a, fairly limited. It, it's not that you know the example that I would use is like the the length of a tweet where you're trying to say something yeah. important in the length of a tweet and you can't, and you just have to just keep paring away at it until you get it. it it's kind of similar. 
when you're running these ad campaigns because there is a limit. You have to have so much text in the headline and then you know enough information in the ad itself to encourage people to click on the ad. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it, it's either similar to Twitter in terms of that character limit, or it might even be shorter than that. Uh, it's usually a, there's like a title line. And then I think you have a couple of other lines, but those, the number of characters in those two other two lines below the title is, is very limited. And Inevitably then, it's seven characters too short. It is. And I will <laughs> say when I've gone through this, uh, it's actually a good thing because it forces you to be succinct and as authors we and speakers, we can tend to, you know, pontificate and go on and on about, you know, how great our book is and why everybody in the world should buy it. But the more succinct you can be, the more targeted you can be, um, knowing who your reader is, because, and I struggled with this early on, you know, well, everybody's my reader. Well, mm-hmm. the reality is they're not. And there's no way you can reach all of those people or unless you had lots of advertising money. And and most of us authors don't. We're trying to bootstrap this. So we've got to be smart. We've got to be strategic. And the more you can, in general, dial in on who your reader is, the demographics, the psychographics of that will not only benefit a PPC campaign, but will benefit any campaign you do, whether it's your website, social media, other, you know, Facebook ads, um, anything you do, the more you continue to hone and refine and narrow, which is hard for us as authors, because we want to widen that. We want to, we want to reach everybody, but the more you can narrow that, it seems counterintuitive, but it it really does work. Do you have any tips or tricks for doing that? Because it's, it's difficult. I, I don't have one specific trick. I think it's like a lot of things. Um, it comes over time and with the persistent pursuit of growing your own self and your own brand and becoming more in tune with what drives you, what energizes you as an author, and then being able to communicate that more effectively. Okay. So you ran this campaign. Uh, what were the results uh, of the campaign? So I spent uh, about $475 in those free PPC ads, and um, I generated $145 in audiobook sales from that. Uh, $50 of that was a bounty. So if you think about this in a pure ROI, if I was spending those dollars, um, I certainly would have had a negative ROI. Now, some could argue that the long-term value of that customer uh, will make up for that initial monies had I spent that in actual real dollars, that $475. Uh, but I'm going to set that aside for a minute. Let's just focus on the pure ROI from this campaign got me this amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom line is I I learned a lot in the process. I gained some new customers. Uh, and overall, the money I actually spent, I made money. So, um, And I will say this, you want to make sure that you set your campaigns up for as much success as possible. In any advertising campaign, you want to be selling um, your your top product, your product that, that sells the best and hopefully sells for the most amount of money because that just increases your, your odds of success if you're selling a higher dollar um, item than a lesser dollar item. So those are a couple things to really keep in mind um, when you're running these campaigns for audiobooks or for anything else. And um, don't forget about the, the lifetime customer value either, because 
if I get these people to, you know, buy my book or at least click on the ad, maybe they didn't buy the book. I have an opportunity to um, connect with them later and a little, um, it's a hack, but it's not a hack because Audible just does this for free. They do retargeting. So anytime they, you're driving somebody to your audiobook page on Audible, whether that's through a PPC ad or you just send them there through your website or social media, uh, Audible is retargeting those people for you um, at their own expense uh, and, and trying to get those people to come back to your sales page on Audible, to your audiobook specifically. So, and I, I, um, I encourage you to test this. Just go to your Audible page um, and, you know, to your specific book and then go around the web and you'll notice not every website, but a number of websites will start showing your book to direct that those people that have visited that specifically back to your audiobook. It's only for those people who have visited your audiobook page on Audible. And that, that's an interesting point because what, what you're saying, uh, to, to paraphrase, is even if you don't do any advertising at all, if you have a compelling reason on your website to for someone to go check out your Audible page, once they click on the link and go there, then Audible will market that book to them for a fairly long period of time. Yeah, and most retargeting, I don't know what Audible's is. Most is 30 to 90 days. Okay. So there is an expiration date on that. Uh, but, I mean, that's Amazon doesn't do that for ebooks. Amazon doesn't do that for paperback books. Other retailers don't do that. So that's a key distinction and something that, you know, that they're doing to try to grow their brand. Um, audiobooks are only one-tenth of the competition of regular books. So whether traditional or self-published, and there's a ton of books coming out in both of those channels all day, every day. <laughs> I forget the number. It's staggering, the it amount is, of books that are coming out. <laughs> and I, I mean that sincerely. The, the number will blow your mind if you Google it and look it up. But audiobooks are such a smaller market, um, but it's a worthwhile market. It's not a smaller market where it doesn't matter. It, it Part of it is just means you have less competition. So for your your book, whatever niche you're in, for me, leadership, why leadership sucks, I'm more likely to rank for keyword phrases around leadership if I have good reviews. And, you know, you want to take an active role in getting genuine reviews. You don't want to pay people just to give you five-star reviews or, or get all your friends and family just to give you five-star reviews. So make sure when you're asking people to give you a review, which reviews are important to ranking within Audible's ecosystem or any other ecosystem. Amazon is no different. But the key difference is with Audible, you have so much less competition. Your odds are much greater for success and discoverability naturally and organically just on the Audible platform. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, you recording your own audiobook. And I think that's something that makes a lot of sense. If listeners out there do write nonfiction, uh, I, as a reader of nonfiction, when I buy an audiobook for a nonfiction book, I really I want to hear the author's voice. And I, I see that time and time again. Uh, Chris Brogan narrates his own books. Gary Vaynerchuk narrates his own books. Pat Flynn narrates his own books. You know, th these people that we, we want to read, we also want to hear them read the book to us, you know, assuming that they have a good voice and everything. And what, what I'd like to do right now is to play a clip. And why don't you set this clip up for us, if, if you don't mind, 
Miles. Sure. This clip is from Why Leadership, Why Leadership Sucks, my first book, and really describes the, the challenging environment uh, that we find ourselves in when we go into leadership, uh, most often for the wrong reasons. Prepare to face hatred, discomfort, vulnerability, fear, betrayal, and peril. If we go into management to earn more, have more power or prestige, and work less, we are either naive or ignorant. And let's admit right now that those are precisely the reasons most of us go into management. Wise leaders accept that some decisions will be unpopular. If you can't handle others' disapproval, then leadership isn't for you. Okay, as someone who records a lot of content myself, that sounded really good, Miles. How did how did you actually do that? Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate the compliment, and I appreciate being uh, mentioned in the same sentence as some of those other uh, prolific authors and uh, speakers and personalities. Um, so, what I did, and I actually wrote a uh, blog on my or post on my blog. Uh, on uh, 15 snappy steps to self-publish and record an okay. audiobook for $85. And I will so you, I will link to all of these in the show notes. So you don't have to write these down while you're driving. They'll be in the show notes. That'd be great. And you can go there and get all the details just at a high level. I mean, it starts with getting a good microphone, getting a good uh, location for me. And the simplest, easiest is your closet. Pick an interior closet in your home, one that doesn't have an exterior wall, Make sure, you know, it's got plenty of clothes in it, which are great sound dampening material. Make sure everything that could be making any small sound, whether that's your heater, your AC, could be a fan. Um, and it, there's a lot of different things that can make some very minimal ambient noise. And you really need to eliminate all of that, even if it's outside of the closet, because sometimes that can come through the walls. Um, get a good mic. I've got, you know, um, a really good quality one. You can get ones for, uh, very inexpensive. Um, I'm, you know, the audio technica makes one for 55 bucks. I have one that's uh, a little bit nicer than that. A couple hundred bucks. It's a blue spark digital microphone, which I like, and it has the USB cord. I use audacity, uh, as the free software uh, to record. And then you got to make sure and I'm kind of glossing over a lot of little details that you want to go through uh, to make sure that you have a successful recording. Well, uh, I, I think I, I think these these are two really important things that you mentioned. Um, the, the quality of the mic, and you're right, you can get a pretty decent mic for fifty dollars, and you can spend an ungodly amount of money on a microphone. And uh, a couple other things to keep in mind if you're actually considering buying a microphone. The easiest microphones to use are the ones that can plug in, as Miles said, to a USB port in your computer. A lot of really high-end microphones won't do that. You have to plug them into another device and then plug that into your computer, and that just adds a layer of complexity. I've always used USB mics, and they work fine. And the closet thing, that's something that I learned from... Uh, Renee Rodman, who is a uh, an incredibly talented and award-winning audiobook narrator who works out of uh, her home, and she actually has, has been so successful that she's uh, built a studio, uh, but she started recording audiobooks in her closet, and it makes a huge difference. I, in the early days of the author biz, I recorded all the shows 
in my closet because the sound quality was so good. And I just got so busy that I couldn't spend the time moving everything in and out of the closet every time I had an interview. So I decided to put up with a little bit more echo in, in the recordings. But when I was in the closet, the sound quality was amazing, just like what you had in that clip. Yeah, and it, and it really is. It, it's the best, uh, least expensive location to to record audio and specifically for audiobook you know there are certain thresholds and standards you have to meet uh to uh self-publish this book through audible's channel which is called acx or acx.com i think it's audiobook creation exchange or something and then that gets distributed that's owned by amazon which amazon owns audible um and then it also gets distributed to itunes obviously separate company but they Mm -hmm. have a relationship there so your your audiobook will go to all three of those channels when you use acx.com now you do have to be exclusive with them that's one caveat um to get the the higher royalty rate um and really uh I, i wouldn't recommend not being exclusive just because it it comes with so many benefits and being discovered and being on audible is huge. And you want to get that, those additional royalties. Uh, whereas if you're non-exclusive, you'll have some discoverability, but the royalties are, are very little. And the other platforms out there besides audible and these and Amazon and iTunes are very much smaller in terms of your ability to be discovered. And the royalties are nowhere near the uh, ebook royalties that you would get as a self-published author, where in, in, in one regard, you might expect to get 70% if your ebook is priced at $2.99 or higher. You will get significantly less for an audiobook, even if you record it yourself. You will, but I get more from my audiobook royalties than I get with ebook and paperback combined. And I'm beginning to shift more and more of my marketing focus to the audiobook side of things uh, because that's where I see the biggest growth for me. Miles, thank you. This has been fun and uh, very educational. I've appreciated your time today. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, I hope all of your readers get you know something out of this and they're certainly welcome to reach out to me if they have additional questions just go to my website and uh, reach out all right and your website is milesanthonysmith.com if you want to go right to the blog slash blog uh, and see those those case studies but like as you said Stephen, you'll have those in the show notes as well and you've, you've written some books uh, there'll be links to your books there as well so again thanks everybody for uh, listening and thanks to miles for being here